Hello everyone, you are listening to Kingdom Stories, where we tell stories of hope and power from the lives of everyday Christians just like you and me. It's my hope that these stories encourage you in your walk with the Lord and remind you weekly about how awesome our God is. Hey everybody, I'm here with my brother Peter Olson. He's a good friend of mine, good brother from church. How's it going? Hey Peter, you want to go ahead and start telling folks your story? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I love sharing my story. It's like a really good reminder to me uh, as well as like what God has done in my life and like really kind of affirms your faith to go back and remember just as the Israelites are always thinking about, okay, what did God do for us again? This is kind of my, my version of that. So I have to go and start with the, the stereotypical. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home <laughs> and uh, I really thought my testimony was going to be boring, right? Right. You know, back when I was a kid, um, I remember thinking like, yeah, I feel like nothing's really happened in my life. <laughs> and, you know, people talked about this before. I believed in the things of the Bible, but I didn't realize at the time that my like identity as a person was, you know, somewhere else, way mm. somewhere else. And a lot of kids are in that, that spot growing up, you know, you're like, I can reasonably accept these things that my parents are telling me. It's easier to do when you grow up going to Sunday school and stuff, but almost always you go to, uh, to, to school and you start thinking about things like different things, like thinking about friends and you're thinking about grades and you're thinking about college all of a sudden, right? And you're getting all these different influences in your life that's mm-hmm. telling you and pulling you in a different direction. So when I was like a freshman in high school was when things started kind of cooking up and I was going to youth group and stuff and I was involved but I was also starting to get really pulled into school and pulled into friend groups and pulled into popularity. I mean, I got a, a girlfriend my freshman year and I was like, think about that now. Way too young. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but my, my parents were just highly, highly focused on me doing well in school primarily. And it became a really big stressor for me. And I was like thinking about all the time, like, oh man, I just need the right friend group. And I need to like, you know, have this, like, it's really important. Like for me, that like this relationship goes well, even though I was so young, it was like, I'm really important and the grades and it was a lot at once. And it was, uh, it was about my, fr- my uh, sophomore year, actually, when everything started going downhill. Uh, my friend groups was like just non-existent. The relationship, if you want to call it with the girlfriend sucked, uh, it was terrible the grades started getting bad and that caused a lot of like pressure at home, like a lot, a lot of pressure. I remember going home and really the only thing uh, my parents had talked about to me or talked to me about was uh, like, uh, how, how, how was school? Like, how are you doing? Like, do you have any homework? Like, did you fix this? You know, that was the only thing we talked about pretty much every day for months. I didn't really realize it either. It became very normalized, but it really had a big effect on me. Um, I was staying up, pretty late each night to one or two in the morning and getting up at six because I had class at 7 a.m. And, you know, doing this day after day after day and it just had a huge toll. And I started getting like really depressed because like I was putting in all these hours and I was trying, but I was failing at all of them. All these things that I thought were really important were not measuring up like at all. It was mm-hmm. kind of pulling me in the wrong, in the opposite direction. And I started spiraling really in that depression and in this, that mental state. And it came down to at night where I was suicidal 
to, to that point. And like, I had, I felt like at that time that I just had no other option really. And I had run away from home at that night. It wasn't really like running away. Like I'm, I'm just going to like go somewhere else. It really was to go out and like try and kill myself. Wow. I had, I made a plan um, to get out and just end it. So I was walking along a road, like going to a like specific place I had in mind along the road. And I was just super upset. I was crying out, like literally crying and, and like yelling out and like yelling at God. Like my relationship with God was like, <laughs> you know, pretty subpar, <laughs> um, but it was like there. And I just didn't, I didn't get it. You know, I'm like, why? There's a lot of whys. Why this? Why that? Why that? Like, cause I was trying so hard and failing and, you know, he didn't say anything to me when I was crying out. But when I got to like where I was going to go, I was literally just planning on jumping in front of a car. It was th- that bad when I was crying out to God and I was either looking up or looking down and I looked forward and I saw what I can only best describe as a vision of an angel, not like maybe it was a physical angel, but it was in the middle of the road and it was standing up and it was kind of this shimmery figure and it had a sword Wow! Um, that was this glowing kind of shimmery sword, kind of this white color. Uh, it's a very strange image to try and describe. It was also a long time ago, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to leave it up to your imagination. But the, the thing I most took away from it was it was very intimidating. And I knew immediately that I couldn't continue going where I was going. He was wow. blocking the path. I think that was what <laughs> that was the, the goal. <laughs> if I had to guess what God was doing is to physically block me. And uh, I kind of came to a dead end, so to speak. And I just sat down next to the sidewalk and just, I cried there for a long time. <laughs> it was a very much a, a bottom, so to speak. I went, I eventually just walked back home and there was a lot of mess to sort through. I had to explain to my parents what was up. And the crazy thing is like, like things didn't get better immediately. <laughs> there was no like spiritual like revelation in that moment. It was only like a revelation that like what I was doing was not working and that climb out of depression took time. Um, I think God definitely helped with that, but what he was really hammering into me was my identity, that my identity and those things was really, really poorly insufficient. And it was, uh, it was the first, not my first houseboat trip, but it was a houseboat trip. Houseboats is, a uh, a summer camp um, is a Christian summer camp that uh, they bring out youth groups and they have all the students live on a houseboat. Uh, it's like a, a big boat with a kitchen and a living area and stuff. You sleep on the roof and you, uh, you live on there for a week and uh, you do all sorts of uh, crazy games and get pulled behind a ski boat and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. But during one of those trips, directly after that in the summer there was a a guy who was one of the camp counselors and i remember him like coming up to me at the beginning of the week never met him before his name was tony and tony uh just started asking me all these questions like mm. what's your what's your favorite candy uh what do you like to do what's your favorite sport oh what grade are you in what kind of what kind of math do you like and he just like kept on asking questions question 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 question, question. i'm like why i just didn't get it Right. It was, it was, it was actually kind of a culture shock to me 
because I was so used to like the only questions being asked me is about school. And this person like had a genuine interest in me and like things about me. And it was huge for me. It was absolutely huge because really it was God pursuing me through Tony. It was God showing that he cares about me. And I was experiencing the love of God through Tony. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it brought me closer to God in that moment. And just, he was softening my heart during that trip and telling me and uh, about my identity. The theme of, about that uh, from that summer was about identity. I think it was Romans 12, one through two. That's uh, the verses about um, being transformed through the renewing of your mind. Yeah, that was really huge. And, and from, that, from that trip and also the one after it the next year, I was really learning like that my identity can't be in things in the world. If I put my identity and like my value in school, I'm going to fail. I'm going to suck. <laughs> or it's just not going to be satisfying, which I've learned later in life. <laughs> you get one of the two. Like I, I learned to really like what it really meant to pursue my faith as my own. It might've been the following year, the same houseboats trip where I was just, God just kept teaching me and I started turning over my heart to God rather than making the things that made me, me be school, which is probably the primary one or friend groups or girlfriends or whatever. Is my junior, senior year where I really started um, per, like pursuing a faith on my own. It had always been my parents' thing, kind of leading it forward. And it came to a time in high school where I started doing it on my own. I started my own Bible studies in high school because I'm like, well, shoot, if this is going to be my own, why, what things am I doing on my own volition, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of stuck at home, but like I can make things happen, right? And I, and I was encouraged at that time from a youth pastor, like, hey, you're going to go to college and you're going to suddenly come to this conclusion uh, one way or another that, uh, yeah, you, you kind of do everything on your own volition now. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Which most kids don't fully understand, right? But he really encouraged us to have a plan. And somehow I had enough brain cells <laughs> to, to listen to that plan. And, and really prepare myself for college and, and decide like early on, I decided before I went to college, I was never going to drink alcohol or, or do drugs. Still never have done either. That was like a good start, right? I decided early on, I was going to find a church like ASAP and go to crew, which I did. It was, it was actually really hard to find a church right away going into college. Like I thought, oh, you know, you just kind of go around, but I didn't have a car, right? You got to make oh. friends. And then you got to like, you got to be really proactive. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. So it was, it was actually the first of my life. I hadn't been to church in like two months before I like started going. Cause like I had to like, you know, find people that are also motivated. Yeah. Uh, some time. Uh, but I did. Um, and I'm really glad that like going into that, I had that mentality or it could have easily slipped off into whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So the first part of like my story is like guy kind of dragging me through the trenches <laughs> and then uh, teaching me about, like my identity in Christ, that I'm a new creation in Christ, that my uh, citizenship is in heaven, that I have to transform my mind, not from things of this world to the things of, of, of God. And I really had to uh, get God's help in doing that. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad that he did. I'm glad that he disciplined me. Kind of the, the second part of my, my journey is, is kind of college onward, right? The, the, kind of the sweet and sour thing about kind of how God disciplines us and God teaches us is that we should in our lives have multiple testimonies. Our testimony is just like how 
God is like changing us or in this case, like bringing you to, to Christ. But um, I like to think of like everything that God is doing in my life is just little different testimonies about what God is doing. Yeah. So the hope is in that, that God is still using things in your life and kind of stirring the cooking pot a little um, to, to teach you and grow you more like Christ, be more like him. The second half of my testimony is about faith, right? That my identity is in Christ. That's great. But am I going to endure, you know, the trials of life? Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you know, the parable of the farmer sowing seed, right? There's a seed that lands on the path. Um, and, you know, that's not going to survive. And there's this, then there's the thorns, right? The thorns, I think, is related to faith. I don't have it in front of me, so uh, <laughs> we'll see how that holds up. But the thorns, you know, came in college. You know, how am I going to continue pursuing God when things go south? <laughs> there's kind of two major things that happened for me. Uh, one was that during my freshman year, there was this one friend I had who I worked at that same summer camp and we happened to overlap when I was like a super senior and she was also the same age. And we both ended up going to our, our college, uh, Cal Poly. And we met in college and friends and she was like, Hey, you should um, apply to that summer camp with me. And I had a great experience, you know, with that summer camp, the houseboats camp sunshine. When she asked me if I wanted to join her summer camp, I was like, Pfft. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and she's like, what? Um, and then she was persistent, thankfully. And she's like, uh, hey, do you want to join uh, me and work at summer camp? Come on. And I'm like, no. And she kept asking for months. And I kept saying no for months. Wow. And eventually on the ninth or 10th ask, uh, and I was just like, oh, fine. <laughs> I can look back now and see that God was really softening a tough heart. I was saying no, actually, because out of fear, the, the whole idea of working at a boat camp on the water was not the, the greatest hit for me. Um, I was not a good swimmer, mm. if swimming at all. That was actually like a huge fear of mine, um, just fear of open water. Like when I was a, a camper, so to speak, um, I almost never went in the water, wow. um, pretty much never. I was always inside playing cards, you know, I was kind of avoiding that. But also like my cooking experience, you're, you're like first year you're on uh, serving, you're usually a, a cook. It was like, I, well, I've cooked frozen pizza and cereal. Um, that's about it. But <laughs> you have to cook for the whole you know, youth group uh, or whatever group is coming on uh, as, your, as your first uh, kind of time on staff. And I'm like, Mm-mm, this is not the camp for me. <laughs> and it's, it's just funny that God is like, you know what? I'm going to use that. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's just, uh, it's 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 15 to 16, uh, which says, uh, but God uses the lowly things of this world and the despised things of this world and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no, mm-hmm. so that no one may boast before him. And I was certainly in that position uh, where I was, didn't really feel well equipped, but God was going to use me anyway. And uh, I have now served with that camp for well, in some capacity, I've served at that camp for about eight years now. And it's just been like a huge, huge way that God has grown me in, in spiritual leadership and my faith, my relationship with God, and just like like my fr- like the fruit of the Spirit, like the Holy Spirit is working through my life um, and uh, keeping me focused on Him and in service and like like teaching people uh, about Jesus. I've led trips through that, uh, through that camp now. I've uh, done 
all sorts of things um, because of that camp. And um, God's really just grown me and faith. So, so, so you said that God used your hardness of heart. Uh-huh. So did you have more detail on that? Like use that as a bonus. Like how, how did God use that? With the, the not wanting to work at the camp. Mm-hmm. You know, like it took, it took me like going to that camp and like having a lot of fear, but trusting in, in God, even though like that was present and saying, you know what, these are things that I need your help with. It, it taught me mm-hmm. to, it taught me to, to really like lean on God when I didn't have the strength. Was this fear of failure or fear of dying? (laughs) (laughs) The fear of uh, failure. Sure. With cooking stuff, the water part was pretty much literally a a physical fear. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the people that work at the camp are kind of like lifeguards, you know, Mm. basically human fish. (laughs) And I was afraid, I was afraid that they're going to ask me. So tell us about like how many years you've been lifeguarding and on the swim team. I'm like, um, I use arm floaties. <laughs> Is that the right answer? <laughs> Tell us about how many how many life saving experiences you've had. And you know, it, it they don't ask you that. They they have an awesome track record with just God taking care of the students. They've uh, been a camp for 50, 45 years. Wow. Um, and counting, never had a student die or be seriously injured that injuries that um don't recover that is certainly injuries but yeah it's just like so evident and i've tons of stories although not the time for that of just god just miraculously saving that's just through prayer it's just through trusting the lord and really teaches students that they can spiritual leadership but anyways i'm getting off track is mm-hmm. it is that kind of answer your question yeah it does yeah yeah cool yeah that's like kind of like a first kind of part about faith i think i'll skip over to the uh second part of like really like choosing God, even when like everything goes downhill. Um, the second part was I was in a relationship in college for uh, most of my college years, a more serious one that lasted three something years. And there, there came a point where I was going the wrong direction, both like in my sin and both in the relationship where I completely like kind of lost track of like the intentionality of like, Hey, Mm. you and me are in this together. Like what are we chasing after together? Right. That, that mentality was lost and it was hard to see that. Uh, But eventually it brought us to a pretty bad place, both in the relationship and in everyday life where uh, we were graduating and we had to decide, Hey, what are we going to, what are we going to do? She wanted to go, to grad school in Washington, I felt like the Lord was calling me to stay in the Bay Area hmm. very strongly. We, I was trying to get her to pray about it. She wasn't doing it. And I eventually just went with her right up to Washington. And I felt like the Lord is like, it felt, I felt like Jonah. I felt immediately like, like wow. Jonah. And eventually, you know, months down the road, it all fell apart. We broke up just very painfully, very, very painfully. And I was very much isolated <laughs> and like kind of left like with just nothing. And then, you know, a lot of people, I think in my situation, like have a choice, like, are you going to like yell at God and like, and say, 
Uh, oh, I forgot. I forgot to mention that we we're also engaged. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, uh, I, missing details here. Yeah, we we so it was very serious, and yet we we still like came to that point, and it was, so it was more than just losing a relationship. It was like, yeah, I lost something like really big, and you know, you have like an option there. Like, are you gonna like say like like Job or, or like or Job's friends that is curse God and die? You know, right? that's kind of that's kind of the mental place that you're in at that point. Or are you going to like, like say, you know what, like throughout all of this, this, this sucks, but you know, you are still like my God and I'm going to like trust you. And I know that you're going to pick me up throughout all this. And that was just a huge defining moment in my life where like I had to shake off something really big and trust God even through, through the thick, Mm. through the thick of it. It took a lot of recovery even from that, but like that's, that's what I ended up doing. Coming came back here, probably met you shortly after that, actually. Eventually God called me back to Creekside. It was, it was hard for me to come back to Creekside because people knew I was like engaged, mm. like most people did. And I was afraid to even come back and like talk to people. Wow. It was, it was that difficult, you know, just fear that, you know, people asking, but God led me back and, um, you know, I was able to, I was able to listen to him and, and like learn like some really important lessons there. And since then it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure God has more trials for me. <laughs> God is going to teach me new things, but I've just been chasing after Jesus uh, every day, uh, every day since. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my, my big, my big journey. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I find it interesting, different people's unique stories and, and hearing your story, not many folks see an angel. You know, that's, that's, that's a big one right there. But I got to say, like, I'm not big on water either. And you, you're not getting me on a boat. Like, <laughs> right. You know, man, it, it would, it would, it would have to take like, like a, a letter direct written by the hand of God saying, Hey, get on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know? Like actually dealing with the kids, that's a different issue, but, but the water, hmm. you know, I like the arm floaty idea. Let's, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I can see how that would definitely take some, some trust that, that he's in control. Yeah. It's huge. I, I think, I think for a lot of people, me included, when we want to serve and do something, mm-hmm. we want to do it in a place that's safe and comfortable. And if mm-hmm. it's not one of those, you're like, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, now, if God calls you to a place that is not safe and not comfortable, what are you going to do in that moment? <laughs> you know, because he might, he might, yeah. maybe he will. Like, there's nothing wrong with like serving the Lord, you know, and, you know, around here and, and or, or in an easy place or, or whatever. But, but even reaching what, out to your neighbors in this COVID situation, even that's going outside of the, the safe zone of your home. Right. You know, are you going to step out in boldness or are you going to, to cower in fear? And it's like, Mm. like we don't want to violate the quarantine, but at the same time, there's things that people need. People need food. People need toilet paper for some reason, you know, (laughs) some reason. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And you got to get outside the comfort zone to do that. Right. And so, you know, I I love the idea. This kind of ties into being the hands and feet of Jesus in a place that's uncomfortable. Hmm. 
you know, and trusting him to take care of you. And I really like that about your story. Thank you. You know, I think it's, it's interesting seeing different people's testimonies tie into like a good life lesson for the week, mm. you know? And so I really appreciate you being willing to share your story with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks brother. Appreciate you and hope to see you next week. All right. If you like the story today, please don't hesitate to spread the love, share it, like it, and subscribe to hear more. If you want to share a story from your life about an encounter with God, please don't hesitate to email me at jesse at newawakeningministries.org. Stay safe and remember, the kingdom is among us.